You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on Decoding Success for yet another roundtable discussion on a very important topic. I, I will say that for sure, especially for individuals performing at a super high level, for individuals that have the desire to create families and legacy and all things of that nature. So today I'm joined by my boy fucking Steve, my boy Phil, back again, That's my it. boy Ant, back again. Here we go for yet another episode, and today we are talking about a very topic, a very important topic, I should say, um, and that topic is relationships. And uh, the reason we're actually talking about this is because right before we started recording this, that's exactly what the topic of conversation was. We were going back and forth about personal situations, essentially between the four of us here. And um, listen, we, we just keep it real, and that's exactly what this podcast needs to be. It needs to be the realness. So uh, to that point. My first question off the bat, and I just want to gauge everyone's interest to kind of kick this off, is what does a relationship need to entail in regards to someone that's at a high-performing level, whether that's in corporate or as an entrepreneur or at the top of whatever field they're, they're in? What do you guys feel like – and this is – Men, where this is men, by the way. So this is a really important topic, especially if you're a woman that's tuned into this. Not alone, forget about being a man. If you're a woman, this is super important. So what do you guys feel like needs to be in place for a successful relationship with someone that's performing at a super high level in their respective fields? So I actually heard this once. It was actually said of all people uh, was Jim Carrey, and the person he was talking about. He's not. He's no longer with, but it was Jenny McCarthy. And basically, it was the peak of him being in love and them saying, hey, like, what makes her so special? And he basically says, I'm, I'm at the height of my happiness with her. And they go, why? Like, explain that. Go into detail. And basically, what he said is, she encourages me to be the best version of myself. And I remember mm-hmm. I heard that. I go, I think that's really the key to any sort of relationship, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with uh, a boss, uh, a partner in work, no matter what the case is, when somebody encourages you to be the best version of you, in turn, you will aspire to be the best version you can be and want to do more and give more. They'll encourage you to want to do the little extra, you know? So when somebody's giving you that sort of push and not from an aggressive standpoint, but just out of just pure love and just, uh, just coming from a good place, uh, you're going to go above and beyond. So I think that's that's the key to uh, any successful relationship, in my opinion. Yeah, it's literally the best feeling is when you know that your significant other is literally in your corner, right? Even if it's not someone that you're like committed to for X amount of years and you're just dating them for a few months because, listen, all four of us here, I'm sure at some point have, and obviously we're sitting with someone that's engaged, so it might may be a little bit different for him, but, you know, all of us at some point have at least dated for, you know, someone for maybe a, a few weeks or maybe even a few days, bro. You know, like, that, yo, that's just the that's just the reality of it. So um, it, it's amazing to feel that right to to have the person you're speaking with on that type of level an intimate level or um someone that you're just dedicating time to because listen time's our most precious fucking commodity um knowing that they're in your corner 
Dude, that's fucking powerful, right? Like knowing that they support your every move, even if they don't necessarily agree with it, yet they still support it because they believe in you and believe that what you can bring about through that move is massive, man. That's that's the fucking name of the game, bro. They they don't see you as who you are now. They see you as who you will be, who you could be. That's super powerful. I think to um, piggyback off what you said, Will Smith alludes to this big time. Uh, when you're with someone and you want to go this with them in a loving relationship in all aspects, uh, you can't be dependent on them to fill up your happiness bucket. They can't be dependent on you to fill up their happiness bucket. Will both of you be at 100% happiness buckets? Let's be real. No, not all the time. But as long as you're committing to evolve to that standpoint, you're in a state of hey, I'll grow, whether it's with you or without you, because I'm in this for growth. And as long as we can both do that, now look at two lines side by side, they're parallel. Right. I've thought about this a lot, actually. I'm not just like BS right now, but it's parallel. But what if, what if you're in a state of open-mindedness, growth, communication, and that person's not? Well, the two lines are going to cross each other. You got perpendicular. You're going to lead to a lot of uh, ill will. It's going to be bumps in the road. So for me... Especially, I, you know, I'm saying this honestly and humbly, I consider myself a high performer. And for me, it's about growth. It's about the best version of myself. You hit it on the head. It's about the most optimal life and happiness and joy and bliss. So you want somebody that is also evolving to that standpoint, that like-mindedness. Uh, and I think when you have that, there's harmony in a, in a relationship. So that's what I'm, you know, you know, every single day I'm living my life because how will I attract that person to me if only if I'm the best version of myself or else how am I ever going to attract that if I'm a fraud, if I'm just saying I want that, but I'm not really that person. Right. Um, and then I think I actually got got this line from somebody who's not a relationship expert by no means, more so business in life. We all know Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. Something that he said that's huge is the, reason, the big reason why relationships fail is for under communication. And there's no such thing as over too much communication. Over communicate your heart out. That's fine. And if you've ever find yourself in a situation where somebody doesn't want to uh, communicate to the level that you do as transparently or or that's a or as authentically as you do, that's just a red flag right there. Right. Uh, that person's gonna go the distance with you. What's what's so hard about having an open conversation? hundred uh, percent. So there's just some things that I think of right away. I want to hear from a married man's perspective or uh, <laughs> almost a married man's perspective. Um, I would say you need to be teammates. And as cliche as that sounds, it's... Sounds it's, fucking corny. <laughs> you, you really have to be. So m- most of the fights that we get into and, and, and most people are little things. There, there aren't many times that your fights with your significant other are big things, unless it's like someone cheated, you know, there's very few times that it's a very big issue. So why continue and not try to fix the smaller things? So if there's sometimes when we're not on the same page, the same wavelength, I'll, I'll always resort back to, come on, we're a team. What can we do to fix this? If it's me, let me know. If it's you, I'll let you know. But 
I want to go back and have that communication as Phil alluded to, because you can't over communicate. I, I feel like the happiest I am is when we're on the same page. Right. And then another tidbit is just the saying like other people are like, Oh, that's my other half. When you really think about that, that's BS. You're a full person. You don't need any one person to complete you. You need another person to compliment you. Bro, why don't you give me this advice when I hit you up for relationships, bro? <laughs> hey, you can save it for, for the podcast, podcast bro. That's what it is. You don't have to fulfill somebody else, which almost goes back to your happiness as well. Someone shouldn't be looking at any one of you guys as their you know, way out of sadness, their... Receiver. Yeah. You should just be who you are, they be who they are. And if it's supposed to be what it should be, you guys will complement each other and be teammates. You don't have to fulfill or be that other person to complete the quote-unquote other half, my other half, my better half. Right. There's no such thing. I mean, I'm guilty of saying that if I throw up an Instagram and I'm like, oh, my better half, but that's more alluding to that it's a good caption. It's a good caption. Yeah, it's a good caption at the end of the day. It gives but, you an extra 10 likes. But now that they're not counting likes, it really doesn't matter. True. No. <laughs> but it, it's more so just getting at the fact that she makes me better. So I almost look at her as the better complimentary piece. You know, you don't have to be the, like, related to sports, you don't have to be the the high score, the whatever, you know, be the, the playmaker, the one that glues it together that makes it work. Right. I think something I want to allude to that Phil mentioned is the fact that essentially, and this is just from my personal experience here, you know, and I, I do think all four of us at this table are high performers in our, our own respective areas, right? Whether that's in corporate, whether that's in entrepreneurship, whether that's whatever the case, right? Um, one thing you mentioned, Phil, is that I feel like, or you mentioned it, right? significant others rely on the other for their happiness or at least part of it so what do you guys feel like is the key to release that expectation and honestly man expectations are the fucking downfall of everything you know especially and we're all we're four guys and i don't mean to offend anyone here (laughs) but women think that fucking relationships are going to be this fucking fairy tale cinderella fucking princess shoes this the fucking magic castle all that shit like it's just it's insane so like what do you feel like is the key to releasing the expectation of what can potentially be while still being open to what could you know what could potentially be if that makes sense no expectation how do you have no expectation though? That's the thing. It's just like at the end of the day, listen, we meet someone, we fucking click, we hit it off. No matter what it's about, you just hit it off. You're talking for hours. You're talking for days. The conversations are great. They never get boring. How do you not put an expectation on that person? So, you know what? This is my person. This is the person I'm going to get married to. This is the person that I'm going to build a a legacy with. We're going to have children. We're going to have a beautiful house. We're both going to have businesses. We're both going to do this. We're going to travel the world. We're going to have sex in Saint-Tropez. We're going to fucking visit Thailand and meditate with monks. We're going to do all this shit, right? Like, how do you not put that expectation? on someone that you could potentially see that with because those expectations that are when not fulfilled 
lead one to be upset and unhappy. Of course, bro. That's But we don't predict that far in the future, though. We don't, but even if there are smaller expectations that you think you're going to be able to count on someone, like, hey, let me know when you, when you get somewhere. I know you're driving, and they don't, right? And, you know, you don't want to be up on somebody and you want you don't want to be on their shit you can say it bro we we can curse you you don't want to be on their shit but now right say you know it takes you know a half hour to get somewhere and it's an hour it's like you being a gentleman it's like hey what's go oh hey i've been here i forgot to text you like if if you don't have and um, that's just like a very low level if you don't have the expectation that they're gonna text you I wouldn't get upset with something like that because that's even personal on my level that I'm speaking from experience. It's like, I just want to, I just want to know when you get somewhere, just do me the favor of just like, Hey, I got there. Right. So like, I understand though, because I still would say that's an expectation, but I get it. Like everyone needs to be their own person and stuff like that. But when you're in a relationship, at least a more serious one, you expect things from people, but as much as you can set expectations when you don't, I feel like I can breathe a little bit more and, and maybe not be, I wouldn't say let down, but I don't expect as much right. at lower level petty things that don't get me upset if they don't happen. Pettiness gets me tight. Oof. Pettiness gets me tight. That's a whole other topic. I'm not even going to touch on pettiness. but And I don't even mean like pettiness, but like I, I'm just saying like lower level things. Right. I think one thing you and we all fall victim to it, but I think you have to not and try your best not to compare. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I've been guilty of certainly and I think a lot of people do is taking their current situation and comparing it to a past. And once you're doing that, you're almost setting yourself and that relationship up for failure because it's it's not fair to that person. And you might have had X amount of years with that person to kind of gain that rapport and if you're not getting it right away and you might get frustrated or you know just you'd be like ah this is not for me but i think really you know if you're in a position where you're constantly comparing you're probably not ready for that relationship the the crazy thing about and phil i know you wanted to say something sure, sure. before anything i think when it comes to comparison and this is way bigger than relationships this is something i just read how to eliminate that comparison mindset is simply by shifting from a something you need and want mindset to something you are willing and unwilling to do meaning you drive to work in a bmw every single day and i look at you and i'm like yo I want that BMW, right? I need that BMW, right? Want and need versus am I willing to put in the 40 plus hours Mm -hmm. extra work that you're putting in versus me, right? Like that mindset shift from going from need and want to willing and unwilling is absolutely huge. In fact, that's a piece of content I'm putting out literally within the next few weeks. Like that is honestly monstrous, but I I didn't mean to jump ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I can only speak from myself, past experience. The best dates, best relationships, best whatever you want to call it, has been when uh, going into it prior, I'm working on being the best me. And then when I'm sitting down with the person from from the get, I let it be known in a, you know, charismatic way, funny way that is authentically me. You know, what is what exactly is the parameters of what, I see going forward with this in my life. And that's the great that's the great thing is if you said it from the beginning, 
man, that's just that that's the context that it evolves to going forward. But if I and partially it's going back to a podcast we did last week, partially it had to do with rewiring myself and how I was raised and grown. Like a uh, big thing in Italian families, like, yo, you be the macho, macho guy. Like I like it's cool for us to all be the alpha male, you know, because we are, we're high performers. But there's, we were never taught as a young kid that actually being open and vulnerable at some points, mixing it in with the alpha, there's a certain blend and right. it's only what you can have. Uh, that'll do wonders for you because if you're the macho alpha guy date one and you make it seem like anything goes and it's whatever you want well then date 10 hmm. when there's you know an issue or a problem or a resolution now you're a different person so it, it's it's conflicting right. so I try to be me that she's gonna see on date 10 on date one that's that that's when I've had the best relationships ever and actually you know what it goes to show Every single guy that these other girls have dated act macho. They act like, you know, not what is it that's authentically me. It's what is it that's going to win her. So actually, when I come through with a different perspective, and it's just being me, honestly, uh, it actually shows extreme confidence and it's sexy to them. Um that's, and I'm, I'm saying that not because I think that. From a male perspective as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. Because they, they tell me that. Right. You know? and the, and they tell you you're sexy? The way I think is sexy. But, but, We're all but, fucking it. But if, they, <laughs> but if they do tell me that I'm sexy, I ain't going to, I'm going to, you know. I'm, I'm going to tell cool them you're fucking right. I'm going to tell them you're right. <laughs> you're right, baby. No. Um, yeah. I mean, that's. In a nutshell, like whenever I'm open from the get, I say what it is. This is the kind of thing that I envision. I ain't putting out a scroll and it's like, do this, this, and this. No, right. It's just charismatically, authentically you. If you see they vibe with it, okay, keep this one and keep going. Right. But if they don't, I mean, you know right away. 100%. I think it's admirable that you establish it on the first date because most people don't go there on a the first date. Um, Re- rekindle like, my rekindle the thought. What, what were you saying? You do it did on the first date. I want to make sure I'm picking this up. Okay, right. so um, you tell them what it is. Like, hey, like this is X Y Z. This is how it's gonna go. Is that what you're doing? No, yeah. more so like yeah, oh saying, yeah yeah. This if, is what he's looking for. Yeah, if I come through with like the hey look, this is how it's gonna go type thing, I come across as a dictator. And if honestly, if the girl did that to me, I'd be like, peace out, cups go fuck no, yourself. Exactly, go right. fuck yourself. How you doing? <laughs> but. Uh, but no, I do it in a charismatic way. Like we could be talking about goals for a second. We could be talking about future family. We could be talking about something that indirectly shows how I want to model or mold my life. And if she is against it, you'll see like her start to clench or she'll be, you know, a little uh, apprehensive about it. But if she just molds right into it and the conversation flows, you know, you know like those conversations that are just flows like our lady, like, yo, how the fuck did we talk Time's this long? Like, Tell me about it's that. It's like bro. it's one of those. I fucking so, know. so that's and and the big thing was the better in between dates and leading up to meeting potential, you know, future girls, the best thing I could possibly do is just be the best to be the best me. And um and that's it. Yeah, and I think when you establish that at the get-go, like you were saying, is, is you know, they know what you're about sooner rather than later. So, like, you mentioned the 10th date, and now you try to pull, like, well, this is really important to me, and they've already kind of, like, mold, like in their minds, like, determined who you are to them. But when you get it out open, like, right away, 
I think they know what to expect and if you know that'll dictate whether they want to go on continuous dates and they kind of know what they're signing up for and I think that's maybe a problem that a lot of guys have is just like and it doesn't have maybe not a first date necessarily and I admire you for doing that but like early trying to say hey this is what I value this is what's important to me as opposed to like a year later where I'm not gonna say it's too late but like that's, these are conversations that we should be having uh, openly uh, way earlier in the relationship and for whatever reason I think a lot of guys like you know Matt alluded to earlier like a lot of girls have um, and a lot of women have certain expectations of relationships well guys too sometimes take it a little too casual and I think that's where we end up shooting ourselves in the foot is not having those important conversations early enough 100% I mean I'm very open about that shit to the point where I'm like yo the last woman I was talking to I literally said after one conversation I could see myself marrying you you might say that's jumping the gun, but yo, when things click and you know a certain amount of someone, you're, yo, you know the deal. Like that That's the deal. But in regards to subconscious, this is one thing that I've been able to identify, not necessarily with my coach, but after reading a certain book. And I have been working with a coach. Obviously, you all know that for the past day literally at this point (laughs) it's been a day but um it's been phenomenal and one thing that i've been able to realize throughout the entire process is how spoken word really does program our subconscious mind and over time and over time we just left the holiday season right over time every holiday season i get a question are you dating anyone are you doing this i'm like yo i'm six foot five i'm fucking good looking i'm doing my thing like i'm a fucking bachelor for life and i continuously say that and continuously say that and i don't realize that i'm programming myself to understand that even if i get to a point where i'm dating someone and having an amazing time the best time of my life my subconscious is going to stop me at a certain point because it's a barrier. And this happens to us in multiple different you know, facets of our life, whether that's financial or career-wise or whatever the case is. We put that barrier and then we hit it and the next thing you know, it blows up. Whether you tell them <laughs> whatever you tell them, I'm not going to say what I tell them, but, <laughs> but whether you – and listen, it's not even you at that point. You're like, yo, that's not me. That's literally not me. That's – what's programmed inside of my fucking brain it's crazy to think that but yo that's the reality of a human being like that's how we program ourselves the next thing you know that's what we're saying yeah and a big thing that i learned more recently is uh just trying to make myself better is that the way you speak to someone the way you respond to a question they ask you the way you act towards a question they ask you, do you get defensive? It's really just an inflection of your internal thought process. And 100%. So if a girl asks you a question, then you get all of a sudden mad or angry or flustered. Like, think about it for a second. Like, why are you getting mad, angry, and flustered? It's just a question, bro. It's not that serious. Why are you getting mad? <laughs> right, 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 like, right. Why, like, why are you getting mad? It's because something inside of you, inside your internal wiring, is not okay with, with that question being asked because it's something that happened to you. Maybe you feel you're not good enough, things like that. So, um, uh, my, I mean, mindset and relationships is key. Um, another thing is that we live in a different world than our parents did. We're all Europeans here. I mean, uh, it's... Bonjour. Well, the, world's come, the world's come a long way since the times our parents dated, you know. There was arranged marriages. There was It's a whole different game now. You've got apps. you got this. you got you got everything. Which, um, which I don't know if it really makes things easier. Like, I think if you haven't lived through it, you look at it, you're like, oh, man, that looks awesome. And on the surface, it, it does sound awesome for a short burst. 
And then after you do it for too long, you're like, this kind of sucks. Like it has its purpose. Referring to yeah. what? The old or the new? Oh, no, I'm talking about the new. Like I think. People, oh, the like, new is 100% more difficult, bro. See, yeah. that's the thing. It, de- it depends. Like, it could be easy. It depends on what you're looking for. I think if you're looking for hookups, it's it's very easy. It's Access bad. is easy. Access is the easiest. Finding quality very is harder than ever. Easy. Access is frictionless. Yeah. I just was watching a podcast about this the other day. Frictionless. Um, to the point where everyone now has access. And in the past, only alpha males had access in public or at the club. Right. Um, and I think also something that I'm continuously learning and I got this advice from a friend is that um, you have to be true to yourself at all at all costs. A lot of times when you're dating, it's very easy with all the heat that's on the opposite sex. The female, obviously, they're getting 100 DMs a day. It's insane. And it's insane, right? It's insane. But you got to be true to yourself. You're a high performer. You constantly work on your fitness, your faith. You know, you want to grow. You want to do all this. At the end of the day, don't ever forget that you're a catch. You may think, like, she may think she's the shit, but, like, yo, at the end of the day, bro, you're a catch. It's almost hard to believe that, though, as a guy, knowing that, listen, Society shapes that. Society shapes that, right? Mm -hmm. Society shapes a lot of things from the definition of success all the way down to, you know, what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost hard to believe you're a catch. And, listen, I just said it. Like, I'm the fucking cockiest motherfucker there there is going i'm six foot five i fucking worked for a shark like bro like i fucking get it i know i'm a catch but it's almost hard to believe that knowing that these chicks are getting hit up as often as they are bro like listen i would never ask a girl let me show let me see your dms come on i'm a fucking gentleman i'm never gonna fucking ask that at the end of the day like i don't even care what you did yesterday you wait till she falls asleep (laughs) (laughs) no i wouldn't even do that i wouldn't even do that i would never even do that only one person in their life has asked me for my fucking um uh, passcode to get into my phone and i actually gave it i'm like damn should i have actually given that to them i'm like I don't know about that, but, you know, it's it's crazy to even think that it's questioned because of, you know, because of society. Right. And and, uh, regarding DMs and and apps and all that stuff, you know, I had heard this one from somebody and it made a lot of sense. They go, when you have too many options, you have no options. Yep. A hundred percent. You're like, okay, well, this person is easily replaceable and I can just find this person tomorrow. And I have a list of 50 plus girls that I can go on a date with tomorrow if I want. Like in theory, it sounds amazing, but really when you're trying to navigate through like (laughs) all the crap that's out there and really find like, the quality people it's kind of hard to figure out who's who when you have all these immediate options and they everyone looks you know everyone puts their best foot forward and their best pictures forward and go on a date with the a few best. of these people and you'll quickly realize it's not what it seems to be even if you're with somebody and it's going well and you hit that one bump that one hiccup that one thing that makes you think twice the accessibility of social media and dating apps you may feel like you don't want to actually do what what the norm would be, you know, say like our parents growing up, try to work it out, try to fix it. I and, feel like that's what they don't do anymore, though. And I'm saying this from both sides. It's like we just stop trying to work it out. You know, it's like, yo, when you are. And I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. When you are in a position to grow with someone, you see the bigger picture with someone with 
Listen, whether you hold an expectation or you don't, you see that bigger picture and you are not willing to work it out. Whether that means your significant other that you're potentially going to be with isn't at a certain point or, you know, whatever the case is, it's just like, yo, why do they not want to work things out? It's crazy. Like the communication is in such a lack And it's like, yo, you have so much access to communication. You could FaceTime. You could meet up in person. You could text. You could call. You could do whatever. Like, there's so much access to communicate, yet the lack of access is more of the focus than the surplus of access. You know what I'm saying? To communicate. There's access and communication, and that's where there's like this disconnect line where people don't know how to actually use one another to get there yeah i think it's uh i think it has to do with certain elements at least i'm learning that has one of them is definitely pride the other one is definitely ego it's a power struggle it's not about the person can't hit you up because obviously they could there's a million ways to do so so do they want to because they want to feel like you know they don't owe you anything or you have the power or they have the power versus you it's a little pride it's a little ego that's why i think being so being open and vulnerable will dismiss that like hey listen this is what i'm going for um no one is there is no such thing as perfect and you will hit bumps you will hit you know setbacks uh the solutions to it like our grandparents you know you saw them. They always figured out a way to make it work. Uh, the other the other side of it is is that why you automatically think, I, I believe, why you automatically think of that app is because of the same dopamine hit that we get when someone likes our pictures on social media. It's like, right now I just forward this person. I feel like shit. What's going to make me feel good? Oh, if someone tells me I look hot. You know, right, like that right, right, right. So, so it's really, it's pride and ego aside and the dopamine hit aside, it's like, if you, if you're letting that stop this, what could be? Did you really want it that bad to begin with? So the thing I think it comes down to is like, when do people realize that your pride and your ego and things of that nature are going to make someone walk, right? Walking to the point where, listen, you know you have a good thing. And this, this is what I hate because it comes down to playing the game. And playing the game should not be a part of any genuine relationship, right? You shouldn't have to play the game to get someone's attention. You shouldn't have to try and put power back in your court to get someone's attention. But that's literally the way things are these days. And um, listen, I'm talking from a high performer's point of view here. It's like... I have my day planned out well in advance. If I'm going to give you fucking time out of my day, whether that means that I'm on a podcast just like this and I'm going to sneak in a text just to let you know everything's good, bro, fucking respect that. If things aren't going the expected and, you know, again, expectations, if they're not going the expected way, then you got to fucking work through that. You can't just be someone that's saying, I have this pride. I have this ego. You fucked up. I got to do this. I got to do that to fucking protect my energy, to protect. Mm. Yo, fuck your energy. Fuck your vibe. (laughs) This is the West side. Like, yo, at the end of the day, you got to fucking, you got to work through that shit, bro. You know, like that's just, that's the reality of it. And uh, again, that's just from a high performer's point of view. It's like, yo, if you're if you're not trying to perform at that high of a level, not only in your business or in your career or in your w- endeavors, whatever you're doing, like, yo, if you're not trying to perform at a high level in your relationship, then 
you're not fucking meant for us, you know? And I think that's why speaking on the f- on the first date or series of dates, even before you get to that point, why even have the date if you know if she's not open-minded or receptive to that high level? Because let, let me just throw this out there too. High performers are not meant for everyone. And that's okay. Some people just don't want that. Uh, but if you do, understand what it comes with. Understand that there are nights that people are working until four or five in the morning because they're working on their goal. They genuinely love what they're doing. And if they're taking time out for you to come you know, see you, build a life with you, understand that's super, super valuable because they value their time more than money. They value what they're creating, their legacy, more than anything else. So like they're openly taking that time out to, to hang out with you, to do stuff with you, to build. And I think that's why communication is all goes back to that, why it's so important. I also think it depends on what you're looking for. You know, if you're on a date and you're just looking for a hookup, you're obviously not going to have this type of high-level conversation. But if you are looking for that right. special someone, then you shouldn't be afraid to go there. Because I think if you think you're going to scare them off, then, you know, they may, they may not be the right person for you at that particular time. And I liken this to an example of um, – my uh, former manager, he's like an older, he's like the older brother I never had. And this guy went through a lot in his life. Uh, he was widowed at a very young age. Um, and then when he had to go back to dating, um, this guy was a serial dater. I never met anyone that went on more first dates <laughs> in my life, man. You know, this guy was on like four to five dates per week for just about a year. That's a that's a lot of dating. Yeah, man, it's very expensive as well. So let's holy shit, guy. you're telling me, bro? If I tell you what my dates cost, bro, oh my god, forget about it. So he would have these questions on the first date, and I would kind of laugh. And this is many years ago, and you know, I was a lot younger then. So I go, man, like. Aren't you, aren't you scaring these girls off by asking these like really intense questions right away? He's like, listen, if this scares them off, then they're just not the girl for me. He's like, I'm not just looking for a bunch of great girls. I'm looking for the right girl. And all I need to do is find one. So that's it. Yeah. I'm just looking for one. And if it's a, the one girl that is meant for me, in his opinion, was that she would be understanding of his talk track, his mentality, where he was and where he was looking to go. And if they weren't on board with that, why waste my time? And that was his outlook. I got to tell you, fast forward, happy ending. This guy has the most amazing wife. They have two beautiful kids, uh, third on the way. I mean, this guy met the girl of his dreams. And just like he did that by filtering out all the, for lack of better terms, just like the guards that he, that was not meant for him. You know, they maybe they're great for somebody else. And a lot of them sounded like they were great girls, but they just weren't the, the girl that he needed at that time for him. Right. So I agree with that filtering process in the beginning. If you yep. are indeed looking for that special someone. Yeah. That justified all the dates because right. he knew what he was looking for. So he said, the more the merrier, because if I'm selecting this filter, I'm going to get through a lot of that. And don't take that the wrong way, garbage. But that's more so just what wasn't for him. Right. So you need to go through those dates. Yeah, for him it was because for garbage in the sense like it's not something you need. So you toss it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I'm sure like a lot of these girls were just looking to date. The goal was marriage here. Right. It wasn't yeah. Just a hookup. Dude, yeah. The goal should always be marriage, right? Like you shouldn't – listen. Trust me, yeah. bro. We're all good looking fuckers. Like we, we could do whatever we wanted, you know. But at the end of the day, like we're all – also very serious you know like the goal should always be marriage you know and personally it's just like if you don't like your emotions being fucked with then you shouldn't be fucking with anyone else's that's just my opinion like if you don't like feeling heartbreak or feeling fucking 
I don't know if you even invest this much fucking, you know, thought into it. If you don't like feeling fucking worthless or any of that shit, like you shouldn't be fucking with anyone else's emotions. So like you should never be per- moving forward unless you see yourself in such a serious capacity with that other individual. So going all the way back to what you said earlier, like being so open on the first dude, I go into first dates with my fucking cock on the table. and I'm like, yo, this is the fucking deal. Like, sir, you have to leave. <laughs> no, it's just it's a small it's, deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this the is best. just, it's, it's the realness. It's like, you have to fucking put it out there. Like, what are you looking for? Does that someone that you're sitting across see the same thing? Do they understand? Can they accept the same thing? Because that's what I see with high performers, bro. I've talked to many women in my life and a lot of them are like, you know what? I don't necessarily think that I could deal with someone that fucking is going to be out of the state for two to three days a week. And I'm like, yo, there's seven days in the week. If I go speak somewhere, I'm going to be gone for two to three days. Minimum. I might not be home for a full seven days. Like, if you can't accept that, that's an issue for me. And that right there is a red flag, right? So I think all of these things at the end of the day add up. Imagine finding that out after there's a ring on each your finger and she that would be that. terrible that's yeah. the whole purpose you have to be so open in the beginning of it and especially because listen we're all around 30 years old right we're we're all pushing that agenda and bro i'm i'm not saying that there's an expectation or a limitation as to when we have to get married I'm, that's not what i'm saying at all i'm just saying in general it's like all right when you get to a certain point you already know what you want Obviously, that might change over time. Of course, we all change as individuals. We grow and things of that nature. But like you have more of an understanding of what you want. You know what you're looking for in a significant other. You know who you are as an individual, which gives them more of an understanding of how they need to accept you and things of that nature. It's fucking wild when you think of it. Two things I want to point out. One, one, one you just said, how we talk about how you do one thing, how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And that translates from business to this to that like that Derek Jeter example on the recent podcast well one thing we know is vital in business is clarity uh, what do we want to achieve how are we going to achieve it what are the you know what's the what's the things that's going to stop us from getting there and the clarity also extends like we're just talking about over to your relationship life you need to be clear on what you want and if the person doesn't want that that's actually cool i, I actually welcome that it's almost like taking an l in business because you learn so like if she doesn't want to you know you know get with you because of this that's cool like right. i actually i actually view all my dates as really fun None of them are wasted, whether it worked out or didn't, because I, I learned something. And I wouldn't have gone out with you on that date unless I thought you were physically attractive and mentally attractive and you mm-hmm. had some sort of a growth mindset. So either way, it's all good. I mean that in a really serious sense. And the other thing is that, let's, let's just be real, throw us out on the table because I don't want people to, to like misjudge this anymore. Even as a high performer with a stacked schedule, I mean stacked, you have so much going on. You'll make time for what you want to make time for. Hundred percent. I mean, I will move my schedule in leaps and bounds to someone that I care about. So, if anyone you did that ever, tonight, bro, you did that tonight. I did that tonight. I had a meeting and I moved it for this podcast. So, like, you said, if, "Yo, I need to be on decoding success, bro." That's what it is. Nice plug. How you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, like if someone can't do something, someone can't move something for you. Um, don't let your mind go in a crazy loop forever oh maybe it's this maybe it's that accept what it is 
because what it is is that if it was important enough, they would have did it. And it goes both ways, guys and girls. So like, you, you, you know, and I'm saying this so that other girls or vice versa, other guys know that that's what it is. Like hear it from a high performer and a table of high performers. Like if we really want to do it or we want to be there, we'll do it. End yeah. of story. So you decoded the myth of, I just don't have time for a relationship right now. I think that's Bingo. bullshit, man. Yeah, I think that's bullshit, Bingo. bro. Bingo. I agree. I think there are things that stop us. And this this has most definitely stopped me from being in a relationship. I felt like I was almost incomplete. But the problem was I was saying that to myself when I defined success as money. Mm. Like, I'm stat, Bro. Listen, when we were at Stereo, when we were at Imperial, when we were fucking hustling the way – and we still hustle. I'm not saying we don't hustle. Bro, when it got, when it was at that point, I was just like, yo, 30000 ain't enough. 40000 ain't enough. 50000 ain't enough. Like I need fucking a million gazillion dollars in the bank account to have a relationship. Like that was literally the mindset. I feel like shit like that definitely stops people from uh, you know, pursuing that forward. It's an interesting point you bring up. Yeah, man. Um I used to, once upon a time, we all evolved, like once upon a time, it was like, hey, you need to be at this point in your life in order for me to consider it. And a girl could do that for a guy too. Now, I don't think that way. Now, I don't say you don't need to be at this point to be there to or for me to consider you. You just need to be open to willing to evolve in that direction. Fair. And if you're willing to evolve in that direction, I'll meet you there. Yo, not everyone has that mindset, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's why this shit's rare, bro. It's not everyone. Listen, we live in New York. All of us live in New York here. You know, we have an abundance of fucking people. We have a surplus of people, right? There's there's a million and one people plus in New York. And uh, finding the, the one that you fucking hit it off with to the point where you're like, yo, everything's clicking. It's fucking rare, man. Well, do you think now where we can search somebody and, and, and really nail down their profile to what music they like, their aspirational quotes. Like, do you think that maybe instead of finding someone that like, oh man, we're like, you know, 85% compatible, we're great. Eh, maybe there's more. Maybe I could be 95% compatible with somebody. Do you think that, that we're always searching for what's better because again, of all the options that are out there? I think that comes down to being statistical more than I mean we've mo- we've mentioned it multiple times over the past few episodes like that's personally for me like I've had and my most recent experience like it was more so the vibe and the energy right like the first conversation I had with this chick we were talking and I'm like she's cool but at the end of the day I was like you know what this is more so you know, just fun than something serious. And then when we hung out and I realized like, yo, we fucking click. Next thing you know, I'm asking her questions. I'm like, yo, how many games are in an MLB baseball season? She spit back 162 or 168. I'm like, yo, you're fucking right. What the fuck? Like, I've been alive 27 years. I've never heard that answer. Like, the vibe was just there on multiple different levels, whether it was music or, um, and the type of music, like, even deeper. It's it's one thing to say, yo, I like hip hop. But what type of hip hop do you like? (laughs) Do you like fucking ghetto rap to the point where it's like, you know, I'm going to fucking kill you? (laughs) Or, you know what I'm I'm saying like all of those things I think from a statistical standpoint are cool and that could lead you in the right direction but I don't necessarily think it pinpoints the individual you're meant to be with right I think there's more of a soul match and I think souls match for a particular reason and oftentimes I do believe souls match before we're even born 
Like we meet different souls. Like all of us here, we're here for a fucking reason. And I don't say that to be cliche or corny. And none of us are hooking up with each other. We're fucking, we're, during the podcast. We're, during the podcast. <laughs> we're literally matched for a reason. Like every soul is matched for a particular reason. And I think when it comes to significant others and things of that nature, we meet way, 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 way before we're even born. And those souls click. And then, they'll, you know, of course, they meet in person and things of that nature. And it comes down to you whether, you know, what's going to happen or not, you know? It's crazy. So when you look back and you're like, oh, thank God, you know, this didn't work out. And you, you find out you meet somebody that that's, you know, your better match. Right. I remember being in a relationship and if it went any further, there was like the consideration of like taking that next step with a ring and whatnot. Right. And it just... You know, something went on and we we just found out that wasn't that wasn't it. And I remember like, fuck, being single, like it, it sucks, sucks, bro. It fucking sucks. Come so on, you like, everyone wants someone I to fuck with. I download Bumble and like whatever. <laughs> swipe a hundred fucking times. Right, right, right. Person, a couple people, great, you got you got a few matches in the queue. Then like the conversation has to go well. And how how often do those conversations go really well? Not great. Oh, they're yeah, they're awkward. fucking whack. They're <laughs> yeah. fucking. There's no substance, bro. The, that's what right. we lack when we do it's that type of like, shit. Yeah. yeah, and all of us here so have the gift of gab. We can all talk here, right? I, I find it when when I had to, when I had to use those apps, it's very hard to really get a conversation rolling on those things. Yeah, just because I think they have expectations too, and they're going through it very jaded. And maybe yeah. you're a little jaded yourself too. Just the conversations fall flat. I feel like they should have something where it's like set question and answer. Like after two people match, you have set answers together to, to give something to talk about because it's just like, hey, what's up? Any fun plans this weekend? Like generic, boring bullshit. And that's why yeah. it doesn't lead to anything. Bro, you have a million dollar idea lines. you're giving away on a podcast that's listened to thousands of people, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit, right? Of course right. I can. So st- stemming from that, the next relationship, which is the woman I'm engaged to now. What made you get engaged to her, bro? What What did you see in her that? And aside from her career, obviously this, she has an illustrious career. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier with that first date and laying everything out on the table. And I'm listening to that, nodding my head, like, yeah, because that's exactly what happened to me. We dated for a summer in high school. I was in college. She, I'm two years older. She was just graduating. But then she went away to, to University of Buffalo. So we hung out that whole summer, was going to her beach club. Everything was great. I asked her out. She says, Steve no. was using her. <laughs> she said, no, I asked her out, you know. Um, probably a blessing in disguise. Long distance. We were doing the whole club scene, this and that. Savage. Fast forward a few years later, um, I'm 25 at the time. I had added her on Snapchat. I was down in North Carolina. <laughs> Snapchat's Savage. dangerous, bro. Visiting my my family, <laughs> my, my sister who lives down there. And, you know, me just being me, it's my birthday. I, I put up like a selfie on my 25th birthday, whatever. You know, she writes back happy birthday. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? The conversation started from there. So... I'm like, hey, you know, we talked, you know, a little bit on there, asked her for her, her number. And I, I still had it in my phone, right? I had the same number forever. So all my contacts over the years are still there. So I send her a text, no answer. So I kind of just let the day go by. I was doing stuff for my birthday. 
you know, but like I'm interested, you know, like I had a crush on her in high school and like it never worked out. So it was always like, oh shit, like, you know, um, so I get back on Snapchat. I'm like, hey, like you have the same number. I texted you and she's like, yeah, I didn't get anything. So fast forward. Yes. She said she just didn't <laughs> want to sound like that into me, which goes back to you the playing the game, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does. Everyone <laughs> plays the game. We do too. I'm just saying. You know, um, one, one thing. If there's like a teenage kid listening to this right now, if there's one thing I could also tell little Phil, not just for relationships. <laughs> little Phil. <laughs> yeah, little, littler than the five six that I am. Littler Phil. Maybe little, littler Phil. Maybe you were under five foot. But um, oh, yeah, man. yeah, I know at 13, I was definitely under five foot. Um, but what I would tell you is not just for relationships, but for business, something that that nobody preaches and you need to understand is understand basically human psychology understand why people are the way they are and why they do what they do what i've learned is essentially everyone wants to feel good everyone craves human connection right. everyone craves love mm. everyone craves progress progress is growth doesn't matter how hot she is doesn't matter how she looks, the size of her waist, to her body, to her ass, to, you know, none of that matters. She still wants to feel love. She still wants to grow. She still wants to feel connection. So what are things that's going to make any human being feel that way, guy or girl? Go into that. The other thing I would say is you, you one of your biggest advantages, business and or relationships, is social connection. Like we were just talking about before this podcast, like being able to talk to people because uh, back in the day, too many guys in the street were hollering at girls, whistling at them. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. And that got really uh, tiring for them. And then apps came out. And then in the beginning of any wave, I feel like the people, the first movers are always going to kill it. So people killed it with that in the beginning. But now it's, it's just so much being shoved down their throats that I actually feel Too that much. If, if you actually go back and do the opposite, if you actually, I'm not saying whistle, but have a conversation, know how to actually keep conversation going at a sales table or with a girl. J- Jesse Itzler is a guy we follow on Instagram. Jesse Itzler is a phenomenal guy. The goat. He's the goat. He, the shit he's done, crazy. And he's married to Sarah Blakely. Uh, billionaire. Spanks, billionaire. Okay. Jesse Itzler said this one thing that you can also use in business and make up your own way for relationships. He said, think about people used to send sales letters back in the day to people. And you were a guy like Damon John and you got sales letters all day. Your desk is piled up and you're like, shit, I can't fucking stand these things. And you don't read them. And transition to where we are now, everybody's sending emails. That guy has so many emails in his inbox. He hasn't seen your email and probably is not going to. So what happens if you actually sent a letter to the guy what if you actually did the opposite? Right, go back in time. Go back in time a little bit. Yeah. So maybe our our you know parents, grandparents, they were really good at speaking in person. Fast forward, everything's digital now. And while I love it, my business is digital. I'm going to tell you that it's too much. It's a chokehold of it. So what if you could go back to that same social interaction? You can actually have a conversation. Uh, when was the last time a girl was actually spoken to in a bar? Eh, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't even know if she know how to respond to it because it would feel so awkward. It hasn't happened in a long time. So like those are things like human, the, the human aspect of it, like the basic needs. And then also like that social connection. And I think, too, like it's almost like a lost charm to do certain things that were once considered being a gentleman. Like, dude, I don't know. And 
this is just me. This is the way I was raised. I always open a door up for a woman. I, I, I always like I see so many guys with their girl and the girls opening the door for them or they go to a restaurant and whatever, you know, it's just being chivalrous. And I think too, like if you kind of tap back into that old world of what used to work, it worked for a reason. And then it got lost in translation for whatever, which reason, but going back to what you said about like getting a letter in, in the world of email, like it's almost like, you know, getting a flyer in your mailbox. You're like, I haven't gotten a flyer forever. Now you might not buy that product, but it catches your attention. Exactly. But if you do certain things that used to be done that are almost like a thing of the past, so to speak, like, you know, um, calling, making sure that they got home or even sending them a text. Hey, are you, you back home? Are you all right? Things that guys would have done in the past and no longer do. That's how you'll differentiate yourself and stand out from all the other guys. Bingo. Differentiator. And it's like, even in business, they say be first or be different. Mm. Uh, you know what? Like you said before with the apps, you go on this app, one of the 100 DMs, one of the 100 Tinder messages, bump messages, how are you really different? you really not. Right. And uh, at that point, you're playing the volume game, which we play. You know, because it's a game. It's part of the game. It, it, I hate it, that game, but, bro. I but, hate all the games. But 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 uh, but it's a volume game, and uh, the big thing is, yeah, how can you differentiate yourself? So, I think I think realness comes back to that open communication. Comes back to realness. I mean, you, you be real with someone. Uh, you know, in my experience, man, they're not going to forget you. They're not going to forget even relationships later down the line. Like you always hear them draw back to that same mm-hmm. thing. They're not going to forget you because you left that impact. And you, while you might not work out for one another, you, they'll they'll remember you, no doubt. Dude, that that's the key. The mm-hmm. the key is being real on that front. Like every time I've ever went into a relationship head on, and I listen, Phil, bro, we literally left the mastermind that we were at. The three of us, Steve, you weren't there, but we were at a mastermind three or four Sundays ago and Phil looked at me and was like, Matt, does it work being the, I'm not going to use the word he used. (laughs) Does it work being yourself? I'll use the word yourself. And I'm like, and not in that sense, but just open and outrageous and a dick sometimes. There you <laughs> like, go. There you that go. was the word That was the word. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm just unapologetically myself when it comes to these things. Mm-hmm. Like, unapologetically myself to the point where I say things that are outrageous because that's how I act when I'm with people I'm comfortable with. When I'm with you guys, when I'm with whomever, yo, I say fucking shit that's outrageous. And that's not going to change because I don't know someone. Right? So when I've Every single time I've been unapologetically myself and I've been unapologetically real, dude, like that. Things either click or they don't. And that's that's beautiful. At the end of the day, it's so beautiful because you don't want to waste your time. That's our most precious commodity, right? Yes, sir. You don't want to get to a point where you're just like, damn, did I really just spend six months, 12 months, six years, 12 years with someone that you know, divorced me or I divorced them because we weren't happy? Or would you rather spend six hours or six days with someone and be like, yo, that shit didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Like that right there is literally like the fucking deal breaker. Get back time. Time is the most expensive thing you can give. Literally, man. And uh, I feel like it's so undervalued when it comes to these things because people at the end of the day, again, and I brought this up earlier, they're either willing to deal with the bullshit they're still dealing with or unwilling to make the changes that they need to make you know and 
when you know the two, when you know what you're willing to deal with and unwilling to deal with, and you're still not acting on it, bro, it's 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 terrible. Actually, you know? the other, the other side of a relationship could be your greatest mentor because it's a mirror reflection where you're getting upset to or what she's getting upset to is things that maybe you need to work on. You know, maybe you were you know blatantly wrong maybe she was or maybe she really wasn't you just right. took it the wrong way so it actually could be a great teacher too and i think that's how our grandparents viewed it like they weren't like oh peace out like they were <laughs> yeah know, they weren't like that at they, all they viewed it as like you know what maybe in that moment because of pride i've seen it too with like people in my family like because of pride maybe eagle steps in and like it's a fight and then like after that fight when you like sit on it and you digest it you're like yeah, I was a dick. And then and then and then you 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 know you um you you speak about it and boom it gets better going forward. But so once again, all back to communication. But you know, some we could definitely learn from the old while adapting the new. If if we could take anything from this conversation, yeah, principles 100%. of the old they work then they'll work now 100% man just being adaptive you don't have to be stuck in your same way I know personally I would get in not in trouble but I would do the same things over and over again like knowing that like it didn't make my significant other happy but why did I did that I think it was more habit because I was so used to just being me where it didn't affect somebody and now when I did that you know somebody else was on the other end so it was learning but it was with communication and that's where communication comes in and it's like i don't like this can we work on this and i say the same thing to her i don't like this can we work on it can we do this if if you're still seeing it as other you know other end of the spectrum meet me in the middle you don't have to come all the way to me but that's an ongoing it, it's never going to be perfect and i totally understand it, it will never be perfect. Yeah, you have to be willing to make the imperfect perfect with I don't ex- someone. I don't you know? expect it to perfect right. it, to be perfect. There's always compromise, mm-hmm. and that, even that was a word of advice from my dad. Compromise is your best friend in marriage because there's just some things you are never going to be on the same page with. Yeah, my that's okay though. You know, over thirty years, and for me, knowing the divorce rate now 50 plus percent it's incredible and i'm just like wow my grandparents were together over 50 years my other set of grandparents are 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 closing in on that and it's just like like wow you know like i mean i'm already 28 it's definitely gonna be you know harder to hit 50 years because our grandparents were getting married at you know 18, 19, you know, 20 yeah, years old. Big difference. <laughs> I was just saying to Matt the other day, like somebody was, I forgot somebody's pregnant. And I'm just like, I'm like, wow, they're pregnant. And then I think again, and I'm like, I'm 28. Why is that like a crazy thing now of people pregnant? Like, Absolutely. not like they're it's regular, it's regular. 16 where it was a big deal. Like, no, we're, we're literally adults. Even if you're not married, it's not the biggest deal in the world. If you're going to raise somebody the right way, like, you know, that's part of life, uh, you know, usually, hey, you're married, you have a kid, but now we're so used to seeing couples that are having kids before they're married. It's as long as that kid has, you know, a happy home and good parents and it is what it is. And who that's are we it. to judge as long as they're, you know, getting the love and stuff that they need. That's it, man. It's crazy. But 
to get back. I knew I wanted to marry her on that first date. We just reconnected after that. Reach out on Snapchat. It happened after the first date. Picked her up. See, I'm not fucking crazy, bro. This happens to me all the time. <laughs> no, it can happen. It Picked can her happen. up. We we went. We got Ralph's Ices out in Long Island. It was July 5th. And we you sat remember. in my car and we talked for two hours. And time flew by. Yeah. Because the conversation was just unbelievably real. We talked about just like future goals for just each of us. And then we dated long distance for the next two years. I yeah. we, we like made it, you know, quote unquote official. I don't know. I like give a, you a lot of credit like for that. Like a couple months in. And then I booked a trip to Antigua to go visit her while she was down there, like a couple months or a month after we started dating. And don't get me wrong, when my last relationship ended, she was in school. And I told myself, I'm never going to date a girl that's still in school. That's rough. And then another thing in my head was, I never want to date long distance. Mm. And I did everything I told myself I wasn't going to do. And then another crazy aspect where she was saying like, not that she was directing it at us, but she was saying like a lot of people don't make it through med school together. So that was always in my head too, that like, like it's scary, like any kind of fight, any kind of bump, which you would think, you know, normally you could fix. It's like, I don't, I can't just drive and see you. I can't just, you know, you're studying, you have class, you have tests. Like it, it, it did not put a damper, it just caused extra roadblocks. So like getting through that only like solidifies that like we can literally get through everything because it sucked. Right. It really did. At times it was just like. Well, you've already been through the worst. Now yeah, you're going to go through the best. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's the best like. way to look at it. like it was. You know, you go, you have your ups and downs and like med school was probably like not going straight down, but there was definitely like a plateau of just not having your quote unquote normal relationship. Right. It was and different. Then, and the last, the one, one key thing too I want to mention is that this is probably out of the people listening to this podcast right now, majority are high performers or are striving to be high performers. We have a lot of women that listen to this too. So exactly. get a nice so I fresh. Want, uh, I want them to hear this. Um, it is 100% possible for two high performers to have a beautiful coexistence together. Um, there's this theory when women date, because let's just face it, call fact the fact, I'm not putting down anyone. You know, back 50, 100 years ago, you know, the main job of a man was to provide, be the breadwinner. Right, I want to talk about that. And then that. Women, women, you know, stayed at home, watched the kids. And now women are crushing it and they're making just as much, if not more than the males. Um, so what happens is all throughout the day, and I experience this a lot because I'm attracted to high performer women and sometimes it could be a clash. So all throughout the day, they're in business meetings. They're also trying to raise money from male venture capitalists or they're trying to sell males that own companies and they have a guard up the whole day. And uh, you know when a female high performer really, really likes you, when she could start to move out of her alpha state, that masculine state, and move into her feminine around you. She'll be her masculine alpha during the day, you know, when she's fighting the world and she's, you know, growing. That's sexy as fuck. But, yeah, exactly. And it's really attractive. 
But here's the thing that a girl and a guy both have to realize is that during the day, you can be as alpha as you want. You know, even at, at night, you know, it doesn't, time doesn't matter. But when I'm around you, we have to understand what states we're in. Because if I'm alpha and you're alpha, oh man, we're going to clash. Right. And if I'm feminine and you're feminine, well, I'm just... We're going to be bitches. Spade. We're going to be... Both going to be bitches. We're going to be and, fucking bitches. And, Let's and, and, keep and, it real. Like a cat fight. And, no, <laughs> and unless you... out. Yeah, unless you're a lesbian, a girl doesn't want to fuck another girl, especially if that's a guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, and two, I won't say that, you know, a guy always has to be alpha and a girl has to be, you know, beta, you know, masculine, feminine. That's how that links. Because there's an interesting thing that's happening right now in our culture. I think it's fascinating. You watch, I think it's Showtime or HBO. There's a series called Silicon Valley. And oh, um, and, and on the front of Times Magazine, or one of these magazines, it says the rise of the beta. And you got guys that were pretty much, you know, geeks in college or in high school. They were nerds and now they're coders and they're building billion dollar enterprises and they're the beta. And I just watched the other day. I'm not going to mention any names, but I was at uh, I was at a holiday dinner the other day and uh, there was a woman there uh, I was introduced to by my uncle and she works at a hedge fund and she makes, from what I understand from what they were telling me, she makes pretty serious dollar. And this guy that she was dating was a beta to the core. This guy was practically... A female, and I'll take and, a sugar and, mama any day, bro. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. I'll stop podcasting. You know, she. I'll she clean was, the dishes. She was obviously the breadwinner, and she was cool with it, and it worked. And for her, maybe that's she's cool with it because that's how that's going to work. So once once again, this goes back to that first date because you'll figure out the energy compatibility level, right? Right. Like. You know, and and mind you too, women, like I'm not saying you can't be alpha, like energies are interchangeable. We talk about this, but like understand where you lie because that's big because you don't, you don't want to be fighting like two bulls head to head the whole time. Hell no. This happens. Yeah, because I'm the bigger bull. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're way more than the girl, bro. (laughs) To what you're saying about rise of the beta, I, I almost cringe a little bit when I hear that, but truthfully, but there's nothing wrong in being an alpha male. There's a classic... Alpha male doesn't go out of style. So long as you're a gentleman at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if you, if you combine the two, man, the world is your oyster. If you can combine those two. Yes. Um, but yeah, no. So with that said too, like, all right, you talk about like w- certain roles. And I think that's what defines a successful relationship is when you got like, the, the two people in the relationship determine what their roles are. And it's going to differ by relationship. But if there's not a give and take and there's not almost like set roles and obviously you can sway, they don't have to be so rigid, but okay, I bring this to the relationship. This is what I, you know, this is what I bring to the table. This is what you bring to the table. And there is that like harmonious balance. I think that's where you really see like success in relationships and ones that, that, that last, Right. You know, uh, is just knowing there is, hey, this is my defined role. This is what I will provide to this relationship, to our marriage, and to our, our children. Um, and I think when that's not established and it's just like a free-for-all, um, I, I think that's why one of the many factors of my relationships you know, are, are, are declining and, and divorce is on, on the rise because everyone's trying to be everything. And you can't be everything to everyone. Right. Yeah, clearly establishing those roles is a fucking major key. I told Matt uh, last week that a book in the future that I want to write is Alpha Gentleman. So I couldn't agree with you more. So I'm throwing out a plug for myself in five years from now. It's okay. I'll, I'll take forward. royalty. I'll yeah. take royalty. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that's the most attractive. $20 for every listen of this episode. Yeah. That's, that's the most attractive <laughs> thing you could be. There's that's no the reason thing. why you can't be at all. 
You can. Why? Yeah. You know? And they call that the unicorn, but like, I don't like that phrase either. The unicorn. Why? Being sounds... the best you, you could potentially be yeah. right. something to strive for is a unicorn. Like, all right, yeah. fine, call it that. But I just call that like, that's like, you know, we talk about visualization and high performers always talk about like aspiring to be a certain person. Like, the unicorn is, is such a BS term for people, I think, that don't find it achievable. Society I mean? makes it that way. If you watch any show, the, the the rich guy in the business suit is a dick. Mm-hmm. Doesn't let anything go, you know. But like, they always do that. They'll always yeah. they'll always make like the mom the worker, the dad. Yep. I mean the the mom the home care, the dad the worker comes home has his beer. Like right. any any typical show you watch, that's what they make society to right. to, to be that and. That's why somebody who is both, you know, a successful business guy and a gentleman is coined a unicorn because they don't want everybody to be everything that they could be. Yeah. Not, not on purpose, but society has it pegged already versus how we are We're open-minded and stuff like that. There's no reason why somebody can't do it all and be both in this instance. I think that's actually detrimental to... Number one, I'm speaking from experience here. I was just dating a, you know, a chick that was making 170 plus thousand a year. Now, of course, I didn't say, let me see a financial statement or a uh, tax return. So I really don't know the answer to that. IRS. I, I, I'm not the IRS. Trust me. I don't even want to contact them. But um, yeah, I think that's detrimental to a lot of people, especially because we have that mentality ingrained within us where it's like, yo, like you need to be making more than your wife. You need to be making more than your significant other. And it's almost fucked up to say, like, when I speak it out loud, I'm like, dude, did you really think like that? And it's like, I don't want to think like that, but it's ingrained in my fucking head until I've had conversations about it. I had conversations with my dad and my dad was like, Matt, your mom's made more than me since fucking 30 years ago. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm talking to other people, like close friends of ours. So like, yo. My wife makes more than me. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like until I'm like, damn, like, yo, I guess that's okay. You know, and I hate to even picture it that way or frame it that way because people that are listening to this would be like, yo, Matt, you're a fucking asshole. But, um, you know, it's just literally the way that I'm fucking programmed to think. There you go. It, it could be your competitive spirit. It might not be, oh, right. she's making more than me. It's just like, you know, when you are a high performer, you tend to have friendly competitions about things that most people, like the rest of society, are not keeping track of. But you kind of are, and that's what keeps you, keeps you moving and keeps you juiced. So it might not be that... You know, you're you know, take it the wrong way, or she's or you're offended that she's making more than you by any stretch. It's just like, oh, there's a number, and almost might in, on the flip side might motivate you to try to like. That's what it did. That's what it did. Society too. You grew up as the mom was in the home, the dad's working. Right. So by default, when households only needed one income. The dad was the clear breadwinner. He had winner. to go out and get it. Yeah, Society yeah. changed. Right. Women went in the workforce and eventually they, they rose up through the ranks. Rightfully so. Some right. of them are brilliant. But also understand this too because I speak for both sides, not just male, you know, for females too. Understand too that like I've heard women say this in the past. Like the guy was the breadwinner. He was the strong guy. He kept everything in check. So sometimes women almost felt like compelled to fall into this guy's arms because he was going to give me the life that I thought. So let's flip it for a second. Now you have these high performer females 
who are making X amount of money, you know, and they're, they're good in all aspects of their life. They're controlling their fitness, their faith, their I'll finances, fall into and all their that. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and, and I and I know you will. But my, but <laughs> Me too. My, my point being is that women are no longer falling into a guy's arms because the set of conditions are different. Yeah. Now that yeah. woman's got her shit together. They're independent. We, we have to understand as males that we need to be even better versions because they ain't just going to fall into our arms just because. Right. They're literally killing it just as well. Right, you know, right, right. It's right. an equal world out there. The standard so has risen. That stand- makes the standard the alpha has risen. There. Exactly. The standard has risen. So like I'm just paying homage to the ladies that are listening to this. Like like we see that and we get that. Right. So right, like right. do you and like we don't take that for granted. That's actually really sexy. I think it's sexy when you can have that healthy competition that you mentioned, right? It's like, okay, your significant other is making X amount. She might be making a little bit more than you. Dude, that makes you want to strive for more. Not necessarily because you want to beat her, but because you want to be able to provide and be able to give her what she deserves in that capacity, right? You want to be able to take her to fucking Thailand. You want to be able to take her to a fucking cabin in the woods and meditate for fucking however long right like all of those i think that is a very very sexy quality if you could mutually meet there right not to the point where she looks down on you because you might not be at a certain point in your life or maybe you regressed right to the point where it's like yo you took a leap of faith you jumped off the cliff you fucking tried building a plane on the way down you're still building the plane and you're here and she's here like yo people look at you and it's like yo you're a finished product because you're here it's like yo you literally have to understand like this is a work in progress throughout your entire life. At the end of the day, you're not finished even if you're at 27, 37, 47, 57, 67. You're literally still fucking growing. Absolutely. You know? That's I, fucking I huge. Can speak firsthand. My fiance's in med school. You know, I do well for myself and I think her in med school lights that competitive fire like I know her starting out one day is probably going to be like my second or third move in life. Get a second job, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But but, but what I'm saying is I don't like me personally. I don't feel like I'm going to look down on myself if and when she is making more than me. Right. You mentioned earlier it has to be a team. I'm okay with that. Right. I didn't go through med school and med school sucks. I'm not experiencing it because I'm in it. I'm experiencing it through her and I know how much it sucks. I'm, I try to be her rock, be there, anxiety, you know, phone calls when she's upset and can't get something down. Like, so I, I understand as much as I can without going through it because I'm with somebody every step of the way who is, which I will just put out there. I will never know what it's like because it's so different being in her shoes versus mine. Right. But that competitiveness that I've had always, as it sounds like all of us do here, like I know she's going to be killing it. Mm. And that makes me like, Okay, you know, I just got my new job and my new salary and and it, it, it sets that fire like what's the next moves, where where's my next steps and, and stuff like that. So, you know, and I know she wants to do, you know, X, Y, and Z when to to graduate and that she wants to do surgery. All those things increases her her paycheck and her skill set and all of that. So just like 
damn, like if I want to keep catching up, I better, you know, start getting there because I know she she's going to be killing it. But at the end of the day, I'm marrying her because I know how beautiful and smart and loving she is. And if she makes more than me and I can never get to that level, I'm okay with that. I didn't marry her for that paycheck. I married her for how she loves me right i think that's the the thing we all need to take away from it it's just like when we're in that situation we got to understand like yo these women or these men aren't dating us necessarily for our status or for our paycheck and listen maybe some are at the end of the day uh if you're going if you're going to one oak on sunday the woman you find there is probably dating you for that but if you're finding a genuine connection um if you're finding a genuine connection i think it's a little bit different but listen we could rant on this for forever we're, we're almost at an hour and 30 minutes oh, holy wow. jesus we're almost at, i don't want to even cut us short because the conversation is still flowing but i i think there's a part two to this coming soon uh, yeah i still yeah, have for more. sure I, so much to get off my chest. I, yo, <laughs> if, yo, this is started. This microphone right here is literally my therapist, so I'm gonna fucking pet it. But <laughs> it's funny, you know. No one will ever be an expert, so it's awesome to have four people's opinions and mindsets and outlooks and right. advice on something that we will never perfect. Right. That's a great progress. point. Work in progress, like Matt said. Oh, work in progress, man. Listen, if you can't accept it, you can't accept it. Go fuck yourself. But <laughs> I'm a work in progress. That's all I know. I'm a work in progress. I'm Same. not perfect. I hired a coach. I fucking do this. I do that. Making it fucking happen at the end of the day, right? I know all of us... All four of us are doing the same and a lot of people that are listening are doing the same. But to that point, I do want to let people know that you can connect with Ant, Phil, Steve, myself, all through the show notes of this episode. I'm going to have everyone's links in there and uh, I'm going to keep it short. Listen, if you liked what you heard, we're changing the show up clearly going into 2020. Uh, You've heard multiple episodes that are totally different than what you've heard in 2019 and even in 2018. So we're making things happen here. And to that point, I want to let you know that it is your obligation to pay your fee to this show by leaving a rating and review, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes. I'm not asking for a five-star review. I'm not asking for four, three, two, or one. I just care that you're actually providing the feedback to us so we know how we can guide the ship here and make sure that we are giving you the value that you truly deserve. So to that point, make sure you are doing that. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.